Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at the adaptation of New Moon. So I thought I'd do something a bit different when looking at the movie New Moon and whether or not it's a good adaptation of the shitty book. I thought I'd get on board my best friend, Caitlin. She's a twihard. She's she's really into these movies and these books. And I think she's listened to Twilight like seven times on audiobook and, and read it multiple times. No judgment, no judgment, but also a little bit of judgment. So let's bring her on and have a chat to her about this movie, which overall I think was a better movie. I'm going to come right out and say that, but let's bring on Caitlin and chat about this movie. Hey, Caitlin, thanks for joining me. Hi, Nathan. Thank you for having me. Always um, a pleasure. No problems. I had so many people write in um, after your episode, after when you talked about Twilight, and I just thought, well, I've got to get you in on the pod for New Moon. Oh, my gosh. Did you really? Everyone said, wow, who's this girl that's um, read Twilight seven times and the Vampire Academy and Vampire Diaries <laughs> and True Blood? I hope, I hope everyone signed the petition to make Vampire Academy a movie again yeah, because... I've not seen any traction on the ground and I'm waiting and lying it's in It's going to come. It'll come. Now, as, as the resident Twihard representative for the pod, did you enjoy this movie? Oh, that's a big question. Um, did I enjoy it in what sense? Well, do you think it's a good adaptation of the book? Yes, I do. I do actually. Although I've, it just, it leaves me wanting more, but then so did the book. I think it it really um, is so much better than the book because it took what little plot there was and it tried to jazz it up a little bit, like as much as it could. That's true. And we got to see beautiful Robert Pattinson spliced through the movie because you're there for the love story of those two. And long-haired Jacob is just a distraction that drags on too long. So it was nice seeing him and not the voice from the book. Uh, It still infuriated me. It really infuriated me. Let's get into it. So we start with with a moon, with what to me looked like an eclipse. It seems like it was going through all the phases, but like it was blacking itself out. And I was like, okay, what is this eclipse or is this new moon? What are we what are we doing here? I think the intern googled moon clips. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they were doing. And so then we get the title card, and then there's Bella quoting Romeo and Juliet, and we're in Volterra for a flash flash forward. 
and everyone's wearing a red cloak because apparently that's a vampire thing, I guess. Well, if you want to be conspicuous, wear a red floor-length cloak, I say. Is that in the books? Like when she's in Volterra, I don't, I remember them saying like people are wearing like vampire fangs, but not full red cloaks with the tiny, teeny little flags. No, I don't remember any cloaks from the book. Uh, all I really remember from that part is her driving through and Alice bribing someone <laughs> in a really yellow Lamborghini. I thought this was like, you know, a flash forward, right? Like we're getting, we're getting, mm. you know, a bit of Volterra. This is what's to come. But then all of a sudden we're in her dream where she's seeing grandma in the mirror. And I'm thinking, no, wait, is this a premonition? It's really, and she's like, it's grandma, but grandma's wearing an equally ugly button up shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is this the future? Is this your worst fears? Are we in the future? I don't know, but. I think Edward's kink is old ladies. I think so, because he really doesn't want her to stay young. He wants her to age. Yeah, he, he's like an opposite pedophile. He keeps being like, I'm 109, like, get old. <laughs> you know, like a feeder, but a grower. He's a grower. And how did she not see that giant mirror frame? <laughs> she was like walking up to her grandma and then she's like, oh, it's a mirror. And then apparently there's a frame there. She's like, oh, it's a mirror. I'm not in a field. I'm inside a house with a huge mirror that is not in anyone's aesthetic. It just, it's just, it's ham-fisted. The whole- oh, it's so ham-fisted. So then she wakes up. It's her birthday, hence the ageing anxiety. And Charlie gives her the camera plus Renee's shitty scrapbook. So that made it into the movie. <laughs> and I just, on that point, having just re-watched it, and we watched it a few weeks ago, months ago now, um, have you ever seen a more sullen Sally to receive a birthday present? Well, I know. She could have been the least bit grateful. The first thing out of her cat's bum little mouth is, I said no presents. It's like, throw it in the bin if you must, but it's already been bought. Just smile. I know. And then when she's taking photos of everyone, she's like, my mum is making me take photos of people. And I'm like, well, you don't have to say that. Just take the photo. Just she's take the photo. Rush. like everyone down <laughs> and why wasn't Edward sleeping over that night I know they wanted to build up to seeing him in the car park but I would want him to stay over yeah I thought that was odd as well because he was staying over before she even knew that he liked her <laughs> like he was staying over long oh. before she consented <laughs> before she consented or knew he was there yeah so I thought that was a misstep in the movie as well and mm. oh Charlie pulls that great little you've got gray hair prank and Bella's like, she's up. She was stressed. And she is not fucking in the mood, is she? She's just like <laughs> backhanding Charlie. And it's like she got you a present. Well, the mum didn't get you a present. Charlie foot- footed the bill for that present. Yeah. And she's like, thought we agreed no presents. Like, fuck my drag, Bella. Just smile. And then <laughs> she's driving to school. And thank God for the radio because the radio is telling us that there's missing hikers. And I'm like, ah, good to know. I know. It's like, as I've always said famously, show me, don't tell me. Yeah, you've said that. You couldn't even do a little montage. You just had to tell me on the radio. It's just, (laughs) it's like they were in a hurry for this whole movie. Yeah, they did really push through a lot of montages. And wasn't this film like, did it come out straight after Twilight? I get the impression that all five of these movies just went out super quick. 
They certainly pumped them out quick. I don't know what the gap is between them, but each movie, as I may have said before, is directed by someone else. So the styling changes, the sideburns change, the the makeup, the pallor of the vampire skin. There's no consistency, no, like, thread weaved along the whole thing. Yeah. But I've watched it a million times. I love it. I bloody love it. (laughs) so then she gets to school she's in the car park she takes a photo of her dumb friends edward's there they make out and then there's long-haired jacob which was jarring to me to watch so you didn't you don't like long-haired jacob i don't although have you noticed for the australian fans how much he looks like the bachelor oh my god he does look like the bachelor jimmy short-haired jacob looks like batchy jimmy yeah i see that i see that that plastic synthetic wig he's got on. Oh, it's not a lace front. It, it's not a lace front. And he just rocks up at the school and I'm like, does Jacob go to school? Is this like a comment on society and schooling on the, the reserve? I don't know. Yeah. How does he just run into her in the car park? You don't go to that school. You don't go, go to her own school. Do you go to school? <laughs> it's so 90s. Just text her. Oh, seriously. It's by a boomer who's just like, you don't have to shop at the school. I know it's a plot device, but it's like, come on. I just hated how he gave her a little dream catcher and she's like, huh, it's kind of perfect because she had a nightmare last night. And I'm like, oh, can you not just accept a gift? Just say thanks. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Full stop. Full stop. Like, I it's like it. Great. A salty little serve from her. Everyone is obsessed with her and all she does is, like, complain and make little quips. So what I hated in this movie was just how not subtle at all the vampires were. Like, the Cullens in this high school are just waltzing around with their powers. Alice does a freaking cartwheel over the staircase and then Mm. she's chatting to Bella and Jasper's standing, like, quite a distance away and Bella's not being surly. So then she yells out, hey, Jasper. No fair with the mood control thing. And I was like, so, so you're just shouting out to everyone in the school that he <laughs> controls moods. And also, he was not like that in the whole first movie. No, they didn't even mention his powers. They didn't mention his powers. He was like Chummy Sue. He was around her and it was fine. But they played freaking, excuse me, they played baseball like not socially distanced and he never had a problem with her, but now he's like standoff ish. And it's just, it's just like really blunt. I don't know. They're just like flagging for everyone. Something's going to happen. Exactly. Cause like when I'm still, I'm still on chapter one of midnight sun. I just can't seem to work through it because it's really terrible. But in Edward's inner monologue, he's all talking about how they have to pretend to be human. And they're like, oh, got to downplay that so no one thinks we're a vampire. And, and in the movie, Alice is just cartwheeling. Cartwheeling and screaming about his supernatural powers. <laughs> I know. And it's not, you can't, can't even joke it off as like, oh, haha, you must have an invisibility coach. She's like, none of that mood control power. She screamed it. People were walking past, <laughs> just trying to get to their lockers. Trying to get around this cartwheeling bitch. And they're like, can you just <laughs> not with your little crispy pixie cut? Uh, I hate Alice the most out of all of them. And they try to um, really drive home like, you didn't just leave me. Alice left me too. And it's like, are you friends? 
Oh, I know this voiceover that she's doing writing emails to Alice, even though she's getting bounce backs. I was like, why did we need a voiceover narration? Exactly. Like I could have seen it with my eyes. When did you hang out with Alice? I don't, why, why is she not writing the emails to Edward? Yeah, I, I really don't understand. The, the bond, they're try, they weren't close in the first movie. Like they were polite to each other, but I wouldn't say they're best friends and I wouldn't send 63 unanswered bounce back emails to her. You'd stop. But back to my theme from the first time I was on this podcast. She has no friends. Ugh, she's a bad friend. She's like an abused kid that just latches onto someone who's nice to them. Yeah, there's some scenes coming up where she just is downright rude to, to like Jessica and Mike and the gang. Rude uh, to everyone. It was everyone. Yeah, she does. So they're, they're in class. They're watching Romeo and Juliet and Edward's murmuring the dialogue, which I found annoying. I was like, please be quiet while we're watching the film. But I, I have a feeling you probably thought it was hot. I thought it was really hot, but I thought of you and how annoyed you get when we go the, to the theatre and someone's like quietly muttering along and you being Shut like, up. can you not? Yeah. I can imagine whipping around, cock-blocking Bella and being like, can you not? Yeah, I am not afraid to shush a bitch. You will shush a bitch and you'll shush a vamp. But, like, he's just muttering along. I would have called him out too if I was the teacher. Yeah, and that teacher certainly got, <laughs> got um, showed up, didn't they? <laughs> It's like, well, excuse me. <laughs> so then we conveniently get the backstory of the Volturi because we didn't get that in the first movie. And there's, they're sort of going into the portrait of the Volturi, which I thought was a bit cheesy, but I kind of liked it. I just want to ask you. The portrait was so bad. The portrait was so bad. <laughs> it was like they put a cartoon filter over a photo. Yes, it's like one of those apps from like 2008 where you would take a photo and turn it into a cartoon. But other than that, did you like the portrayal of the Volturi in this movie? Like, did you think it was a good introduction to them as villains? Um, No, like I just did not really find them scary. What were they trying to be, please? (laughs) Please, can you tell me what they were trying to be? And who let Jane loose with the eyeliner? Oh, my God, Jane. I've got a lot of thoughts about Jane. She has ringed that whole fucking eyeball, sorry for swearing again, <laughs> with a soul stick. And I just have so many questions about the Volturi. I don't know if we're going to jump ahead. Um, well, at, at this point in time, they're already talking. And she remembers everything about it. One conversation. Exactly. One conversation, she remembers everything. And But, like, h- how are they already acting like the Volturi are this big threat? They're always like, oh, the Volturi is such a threat. And I was like, they live in Italy. They've got nothing to do with you at this point in time. You shouldn't be worried. Yeah, you've never spoken to them before. And that whole first movie, not once did you mention the Volturi and you told this human all about vampires. Yeah, it didn't come up. <laughs> no one ever thought, geez, I really hope the Volturi don't hear about this. Not once. Well, it's because Stephanie doesn't think ahead. She just retcons everything. No, I know we are, we're mad at JK rolling, but mm. my God, she can plan ahead. She can plan ahead. She can plan an, an anti-trans tweet as well, but she can really plan ahead. <laughs> yeah, she can. Well, Whereas Steph's like, uh, Bella's, Bella's got a power now, apparently, just because Edward can't read her mind and now other people conveniently can't. Yeah, they're just like, oh, she, she has a power. It's like, well, you and I have done our Googling of the plot holes, haven't we? Oof, have we ever? It is just 
gaping. <laughs> it's a gaping hole. It's a piece, it's a piece of gouda is what <laughs> I'm saying. Swiss cheese with just mm. holes everywhere. So we go to her birthday party and there's a billion candles. And this is when Bella gets the paper cut and Jasper loses it. Edward yeets her into a table. And then he's pushing Jasper into a piano. So just a, a lot of carnage over a little paper cut. And then Bella's suddenly got an armful of blood and they're all like, oh. She has a paper cut and everyone at the party is giving her nooch. Oh, yeah. Like standing there. And then you realise that Jasper's going ballistic. Only Edward does anything. Everyone else is just like, Like, is her blood not that good or is it that good? Oh, I think they make out like it's that good. But But Rosalie's not. Emma doesn't do anything. Everyone's fine until it's like a full-on gallon of blood and then they get all jazzed up. But I'm just like, if it's that potent, surely they would have all reacted at the paper cut. And just it's polite to, like, scoop your hand if it's bleeding, not just watch it dip <laughs> onto car. I, I was thinking that too. I was like, that, that'd be a bitch to clean. Was she raised in a barn? She's just <laughs> not polite. But how did Alice not see any of this coming? A very, very good question there, Nathan. She apparently sees everything that's ever happened in waves. She didn't see the love of her life trying to murder her supposed best friend. (laughs) Jacob wasn't doing wheelies outside. She can't blame him. And and Edward, I would have expected because, you know, her blood to him is the la tua cantante or whatever it is. I would have thought he'd have more of a reaction. You, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? But he, I think they try, well, Stephanie tries to explain it by saying that when she, when he almost lost her to James and he had to suck the venom out of her arm, that the fear of almost losing her made her, like it's just a non-event for him now. It still burns, but the pain of losing her was too much. Oh, that is so dumb because he's more than happy to dump her. So I just, I don't get it. More than happy to leave her in the woods <laughs> at night. So then Carlisle's stitching her up and then he burns the blood and the gauze with an extravagantly long mat- matchstick. Is this a thing? I was so shocked by the burning of the blood. I don't know. I was like, does burning blood smell like burning flesh? Food for thought. But I was also thinking, like, you know what? Like, you've already committed to not eating humans. There's just blood there going to waste. Can they not just have a little nibble? I know. It's just like people who are pescatarian, they try really hard. But every now and then, if there's, like, something that you just quickly pop it in your gob, you know? If you're at a party and there's a bit of cabanossi, you just <laughs> you have a bit of cabanossi. Have a bit of cabanossi and call it even the next day. But, like, if I'm Bella... And the love of my life is a vampire and drinks blood and I've just got some going to waste. I'd be like, oh, well, just have some. (laughs) What's it to me? It's already out of my body. Just have it. You'd probably be the kind of gal that'd be like, you know what, just bite me every now and then. Just don't drain me. You would. Absolutely. I would be. (laughs) I'd be like, just do it. Let's just play around a bit, you know? (laughs) So after the party, Edward drops her back home. There's some chit-chat about her soul. You know what? All of the conversation about the soul in this movie, I'm not taking on board. I didn't enjoy any of it. I don't think it matched up or made sense as the movie went along. I just don't want to engage with it. What do you think? 
Again, no mention of soul in the first movie. All of a sudden, it's got a starring role on IMDb in the second movie. Um, it's very Christian for me. I know she's a Mormon, but it's gaudy. Yeah, it's it's very religious, but I just think it's so frustrating to me because, like, I'm fine with religion in vampire stories when, you know, they can't touch the cross or enter a church or holy water burns them. Like, that's fun. Like, it's fun yeah. when you bring religion into it that way, but just the the morality tale of it is just really draining for me. It's really uh, heavy and takes away all the lightness of the first movie and all of a sudden, although he's never mentioned it, we're meant to think that he's just obsessed with his soul and her, yeah. well, he's like her soul. Oh, yeah, he doesn't care about his soul. It's her soul. Oh, and the most, on that note, the most risque thing they do is like, have a sneaky long peck in the car park on her birthday. Yeah, it's a lot. And so she she prints out that photo <laughs> that she's got of her and him and she folds it over so she isn't visible anymore. And I cackled. I thought it was so funny. Her lack of self-esteem oh. is astounding. It really, it really is, but it is very funny. She completely folds herself out of it um, and then he finds it the next day. Wouldn't? he be concerned as well how little she sees herself yeah it would have given me pause if that was my partner hiding themselves in photos i'd be like well we all like a face tune that's fair enough but this was full flipped over (laughs) this is still the 90s apparently and it's completely flipped (laughs) completely flipped it's so funny and i'm just thinking with the whole hiding hiding her possessions in the floorboards thing that got dropped from this movie yeah completely dropped (laughs) Because <laughs> it was really dumb. So now we're in breakup time. Uh, why did he need to be wearing a tweed suit to break up with his girlfriend? <laughs> what was the purpose? I don't know. Why do you have to take her to the woods as well? Oh, I know. And and Bella's just gut reaction is just saying, oh, please don't. <laughs> what an idiot. Well, she's like, okay, cool. When are we going? And I'm like, oh, oh babe, babe, you're not going. And he's like, babe, you're not coming. And then immediately she's like, well, that changes things. Completely lobotomized. Completely lobotomized. No reaction from her. I didn't think she could get worse, but I mean, apparently she can. Apparently. And then she has a nap in the forest, which. Just naps it out. Just in the forest. And like, I famously have gone through a breakup and. Famously. Famously. And I was upset, but I, I don't know how you could ever be that upset that you like collapse in the woods and you don't even wake up when you're being carried. Yeah. She was just full catatonic. Like completely just collapsed and is carried through. It's just bizarre. It's very traumatic. I didn't like how we see a wolf in the forest staring at her and then all of a sudden there's like a a, a bare-chested hunky man carrying her home. And I was like, well, there's the surprise ruined. I know. They're just like, hey, guys, hey, guys, that man is a wolf. Yeah, they couldn't have made it more obvious. Like, I guess in the book it was pretty obvious as well, but not as obvious. She also is like not embarrassed that there's a search party of 20 people there for her on a school night. How did Charlie organise that search party so quickly? I know. It, she's been gone for like an hour and 20, unless she completely went into a coma overnight. People rallied for her, drove all the way over from the res. They had maps out on like the dashboard and everything. I was like, it whoa. Was a, it was a 
concerted search party and she's just like, I'd be like humiliated. You've just been broken with and Mm. now the whole town know. The whole town know. It it is quite humiliating. It's completely humiliating, but not even a thank you. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, she's very self-centred, very self-centred. She's so weak, though. She's weak little human Bella. And she hasn't had a big day. I don't get how she's so exhausted. You know, you can on, still walk with your feet. On her being so weak, like, don't you think it's ridiculous how she, she keeps being like, well, at the end of the movie, she's like, turn me so I can help you guys. And I was like, what help do you think you will be? What help? Can, you couldn't even walk back to your house through the bushes after you got dumped. Wouldn't you just want to get home, pull a doona over your head and cry? I'd be like, get me some Ben and Jerry's on the way home, Charlie. But it, it doesn't in the book um, Edward write a note in her handwriting saying, I've gone for a walk? Yes. And yet there's still a search party. Yeah, very confusing. So mm-hmm. then we get the months changing as we pan across the window and Bella's sitting there depressed. Did you like this? I, I loved it. It's kind of the best part of the movie. I loved it in the book. And I loved it in the movie. It's such a gimmick. It's such a gimmick. But have you ever had something just explain how time passes so easily? Like yeah, a calendar. I. It was just. I really liked it as a as a device. You know what I did too, and but but I was like, does she live on the busiest town square in Forks? Because who are these people traversing her backyard? There was a whole party for Halloween outside of her window. And I was like, I thought you lived on the back roads next to a forest. She lives next to a forest, but also next to a school and next to (laughs) Halloween shop and where you buy Christmas trees. There's a lot of people there. Yeah, that was jarring. Very jarring. But uh, it was just having famously gone through a breakup. um, Famously. Famously. (laughs) It just shows like how you can just be a zombie and time passes, you know? Can I ask, was it therapeutic for you watching Bella live through it, knowing that you did better than she did? Absolutely. <laughs> but she needed a mental health care plan. Yeah. She needed She's help. getting muscular dystrophy from sitting in that chair <laughs> and bed sores, although she was kind of journaling, which is very self-care in her emails to Alice. Oh, well, yeah, this is when she's doing the sad emails. She's having nightmares. She's sitting at the Cullen's old table at the cafeteria, which I think is rude. And I'm just like, bitch, get over it. The emails, they're just so boring. Yeah, why do you think Alice cares? Alice doesn't care. Alice is not your friend. And the screaming at night. God, Charlie's gone through it, hasn't he? Oh, that man's a saint. I thought it was a bit much, the screaming. The screaming and the bashing the pillow was a lot. It was a lot. And so Charlie is eventually sick of it. And he has this chat with her being like, you know, I'll send you to Florida, blah, blah, blah. And that's when she's like, I'm going to the movies with Jessica. And must I must say, poor Anna Kendrick, she's also a saint because she got put mm. through it. She really did. And I don't know what the odds are of finding, look, people get raped every day, right? But the odds of finding a rapey motorbike rider on your first go, that's lucky. Well, why did she have to get on the back of the bike? She didn't because as she walked towards him, Edward spoke 
And then she got on the back of the bike and I would be fuming if I was Jessica. I know Jessica's had enough to deal with. Her cousin had leprosy. Like, you know, she suffered. She suffered. And also like she only went because you wanted her to. She could have Mm -hmm. happily stayed at home and not driven to Port Angeles, but she did because she's like, I'm a good person. This person's got clinical depression. Yeah. Um, She just fucks off with a guy on a bike who calls her babe. Yeah, I don't like how Jessica gets a bad rap. I know. Jessica gets kind of a little slut-shamed. She's made out to be a total airhead. Yeah. But she picked up where they left off and didn't even chastise her for it at the start. I know. And like, she's a teenage girl. She's going to be a bit of a bitch. She's going to be a bit vapid. Like, you know, that's called character. It's called character. And don't leave your friend to go ride with some junkie on a bike. Yeah. I just don't understand why she had to hop on top of the hop on the back of the bike. It was so ridiculous. It didn't make any sense. It did speed up the whole, her tying the visions to adrenaline thing, Mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, so the you vi- you like the visions? I love the visions because he is so hot. He just says something and then he turns into smoke. I did, ugh, I hated it. Yeah, it's it's tacky, but like I want to see Edward Cullen. You know, I don't care about Jacob. Yeah, and I don't like Taylor Lautner. So kind of like Bella, I just want to see him, and to see him in little racy snippets is enough to keep you hanging on. A few little morsels to keep you keep you coming back. A few little morsels, little canapes. So would you say New Moon is like the worst one in the franchise then because of the lack of Edward? I think so. It's just he's the main character and he's in it for five minutes at the start, a few smoke puffs, and then at the end. Yeah. It's a waste. So then she's driving to Jacob's house and she apparently has two motorbikes already. We don't have to go through the trauma of watching her procure those motorbikes. <laughs> but can I just tell you the montage where they are building the bikes and they're bonding oh and she's ordered pizza and then mm. she, while well, the poor guy's standing like a pimple on a pumpkin, takes a slice out, throws it over her shoulder and then huzzah, it's a wrench. Completely out of whack with the whole movie. This whole kind of like, it's pizza, it's a wrench. Do you remember that part? I, I, I really remember. I had a lot of thoughts about that poor delivery driver just standing there wanting a tip. And she's like, no, hold the box <laughs> open while I dive in and grab out a piece. In so what world would like, you throw a pizza? In what world would you throw a cheesy hot pizza? When that guy's like, can I leave? Yeah. And like, you know what? I could see it if it was Jacob doing it. If Jacob was like, here's pizza Bella and throws it at her because he's like a fun person. But Bella is not a fun person. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that at all. She would, I can't even see her shouting pizza for someone because she's so kind of selfish. Oh, I can picture it. I can picture the delivery driver coming up and her wiping her hair out of her face and then putting her hands in her pockets and then shrugging and being like, thanks. And that's it. (laughs) Uh, uh, thanks I I guess and he's like I gotta go I've gotta go around this whole res pizza doesn't stay hot I've got pizza cooling in the boot of my car I need to get going (laughs) you're clearly not gonna tip me I can't stick around for your foreplay with this child and like how many pizza drivers are there in Forks it's this one guy who's got the whole got to serve the whole town (laughs) where is she getting her money from she well she she works at the store in the book does she work there in the movie 
Does she work there? No, she, she doesn't work. Something about the bear attack. So I think she works there, but we don't see it. She works there in the books, but I don't remember her working there in any of the movies at Clayton's. Because no, Clayton's. That's the Fifty Shades one. <laughs> I was like, why does that sound funny? Mike's Newton's, Newton's, not Clayton's. God, she really plagiarised that, didn't she? <laughs> Clayton's, Newton's. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> oh, that's fun. What did you think of Jacob when he ran out saying that iconic line, Bella, where the hell have you been, Loka? He's never said anything like that through the whole film. And then all of a sudden he just throws out, Loka? Yeah, and like... She's she's been at home depressed. Like that's where she's been. She has been loca. Friends, you don't talk. Yeah. You've got a dream catcher once, <laughs> and I just don't get this false intimacy that they've the showmakers are trying to force down our throat. They're like, oh, they've come back together. I was like, they've never hung out. One they've on never one. hung out. And each time he appears, he gets more and more buff. And we're meant to be like, wow, look at the passage of time of him being so buff. And I'm like, he's sixteen. And he's not transformed yet. How is he so buff? How is he so buff? Thank God he cuts his hair, though. That's all I can say. Seriously. That's a good haircut. That is a good hair. That's when he turns into the batchy. Yeah. And then Quill and Embry rock up. What would you think of them? Forgettable. They were forgettable. You're right. I couldn't tell them apart. I mean, I don't mean it <laughs> in an offensive way. <laughs> I meant in the lack of characterization. <laughs> Also, sorry, in this, this montage of working on the bikes, when Bella turns off the radio, she's like, no, I don't like music. And he's just like, oh, okay, no questions asked. I was like, can you not have a follow-up on behalf of everyone watching this? I know she's clearly like, I don't like music, don't. And he's like, okay. She's like, I clearly want you to ask me a question. Yeah. She doesn't like movies. She doesn't like music. She doesn't read really, but she seems to know every single classic there is, but I've never seen her read. Well, she used to read pre-Edward, I feel. Oh, yeah, in her long 18 years on this earth. <laughs> I always forget how old she is. I always think she's like 16, 17, but apparently she's 18. She's 18. Well, and- speaking of age, we have this mm-hmm. whole thing, you know, how where Jacob's like, well, I'm actually this old because I can do this. So, ha, 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 so much bantering. I hate it. But I loved when he was like, Hey, what's up with you and age? And I was like, great question, Jacob. And again, she blows it off. And she also says, like, I feel like I'm 40. I was like, okay, you've had one breakup. You've had one breakup. You've had a famous breakup. Famously had a famous breakup. She's had one breakup and she's like, God, I feel like I'm 40. Like sand through the looking glass. It's just like, oh, come on, Bella. Come on, Bella. And like even Charlie's, I think, getting over it because he's trying to comfort her in like a, a scene that's just after that. And she's just ignoring him. She's just not paying him any attention. Well, I love how he's like, maybe you should go to Jacksonville. He's like, get out of my house. <laughs> it's like, I've done you my scr- time. You scream every night. Your mum doesn't pay child support. Go home. You don't even cook anymore. That's all she did. So then Bella and Jacob see the cult jumping off of a cliff. And that's when Jacob explains this theory about the cult. And she just accepts that completely. She's like, sounds right to me. Yeah. um, They don't talk about ice, do they, in the movie? No, not even. It's just a vague cult. They just hang out. Um, They they just hang out and all wear denim shorts. Yeah, jorts. They all wear jorts. (laughs) Which makes me just think they're homos. 
to be honest, on Fire Island. I no. can't see. Homos don't wear shorts that long. <laughs> That's true. If it's and to it the knees, they're not gay. If it's even halfway to the knees, they ain't gay. <laughs> exactly. What I hate um, with Jacob in this scene is just how he can't open his mouth when he's talking. He's like, th- that's, that's Quill. Quill's up there jumping now. And I was like, you sound like you've got gravel in your mouth. Open up. I don't know if it's because he's a bad actor or. He's a bad that, actor. I know. I was like, I've got to add something else after that because he is a bad actor. Um, I, I can't tell you what type of person Jacob is based on his characterization. I guess he's kooky because he says loca. He said loca once in the history of the saga. I can't tell you what he's like. He's kind of moody. He's short-tempered. Yeah. And he's also kind of a nothing bit of cardboard. Like they don't talk about anything. Well, I think he he is a good presence for in these few scenes because like he does sort of roll with the punches. Bella's being such a drain, but he's like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's fix bikes. Why not? Like he's sort of easygoing in that respect. Yeah, that's true. But he just wants to get his dick wet. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. And it is awkward. It is awkward. And she's like, I'm not victim blaming here, but she's certainly leading him on and snuggling in with him a lot in that truck. She totally is. And so when, did you think it was so funny when they went riding on the bikes and her falling because she doesn't know how to brake and crashing was so funny to me? Oh, it was so good, especially when she dushes on the one rock. <laughs> She's got this huge head it's wound. Like a gaping head wound from this one little dush on a rock. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's better than the book in a way because you get to see what's happening, but you're also, it kind of feels all rushed, you know? I loved how rushed it was. I was like, we didn't need seven scenes learning how to ride a bike and then her ignoring the advice on how to break. But I thought it was so I- funny when she's got this huge head wound and he's just trying to like mop it up with his shirt. <laughs> it's like, surely there's a better <laughs> way to do this. Oh, he's not bright, is he? Well, he's why weren't her- they wearing helmets? Valid question. Where did she get her money for from the bikes? Back to that. Yeah, Probably could valid afford- question. Well, she works at Clayton's. But, like, <laughs> it's they've skipped it and it feels rushed, but it's also two hours and ten minutes. Oh, it drags. <laughs> when, what? How is it so long? Like, in my world, if we had to have this storyline of Edward dumping Bella or whatever, I'd be like, you know what, straight away find out werewolves exist and then straight away go to Italy because that's where it gets good again. Oh, this whole thing about like, don't tell anyone I'm a werewolf. Like you can't tell us. It's a gag order. Just turn into one in front of her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we already know when I you've mean, got a temper, you can't control it. So just get a temper. Exactly. Just tra- transform into one. Like ipso facto, we're done. <laughs> then, yeah, we get some more school scenes. These are the bits where I thought it dragged. Lauren says she almost got eaten by a bear. So we're just, we're really foreshadowing the bear attacks, wolf attacks. And then um, Bella just invites herself over to their table again. She's like, oh, I'm back. Hey, guys. How you doing? And she's like, yeah, I heard that. Too. And she just doing? plops herself down. I know. She's just doesn't care about anyone's time. She just dives in for a muffin at that table. Oh, my God. And then the cringiest thing ever when Mike was like, oh, you're eating again. Got to get that protein in there. And he, like, touches her belly. 
Yeah. <laughs> Everyone touches her, like Aro touches her, Mike Clayton <laughs> touches her, <laughs> same thing. Um, everyone's constantly touching her. But also everyone's pretending like she's funny. Oh, she's not funny. Like when she's like, he's like, oh, you've been running with vampires, Quill. And she's like, you can't really run with vampires too fast. Everyone's like, like, you hop on their back. I know. It's like, okay, semantics. Like you've played baseball with them. Why can't you run with them? I know. It's just like, that's not funny. It's not funny at all. And and I also don't like how she's like, yeah, I want to see see the movie Face Punch because I'm I'm a cool girl who's into like action movies and everyone's like, wow. And I was like, God, calm down. Calm down. You don't have hobbies. That movie scene was so awkward. It was so awkward. And I don't think they were like acting well. I think it was just awkward between all three of them. Yeah. And outside, I could not tell you. Like when Jacob gets so aggro, I have no idea what's happening. I know we find out later he's maybe transitioning, but it's very violent. It is very, it is very violent and it's quite the turn. But I was just like with them, when Mike's vomiting in the bathroom and they're just sitting in the lobby of the movie theatre, I was like, is this the most abandoned movie theatre ever? Because there was no one getting popcorn. No extras were walking past or going to the toilet. It was just dead. Completely dead. Not a soul. They're just having a weird moment on like the disgusting floor. I was like, was Mike roofied? I don't get it. Well, he was, was he sick. So scared? But was it because he was so scared he got sick? No, I think it was, well, it's convenient plotting from Steph because there's the stomach flu- stomach bug flu that's going around, which is why, like, Angela couldn't come. And then we were led to believe Mike got oh, yeah. that out on the date. And then we're led to believe that Jacob also is sick when he's not really sick. So it's just coincidental that it got timed all together at the same time. But Bella doesn't get sick and she's sitting a centimetre away from Mike. Yeah, with, and Mike had his hands open, like, trying to, like, get in her grill. Everyone is so handsy with her. She does not want to fuck you. She doesn't want to be touched. She's had trauma. <laughs> Famously. So, yeah, then Jacob does the whole transitioning into a wolf thing. He gets a fun haircut, walks around in the rain in some denim jorts, and he now has a tattoo. We've pretty much covered that. Um, but when Bella confronts him about getting iced out, that's when he's like, if you want someone to blame, blame those filthy bloodsucker, bloodsucker Cullens. And, yeah, super aggro. Super aggro, like out of the blue. I, I yeah, I don't know. I just think like he's there's so many bursts of aggression from him that are just so uncomfortable. Like when he grabs her outside of her truck, when he snaps at her, when he snaps at Mike, it's like he's kind of dangerous, and not because he's a werewolf, just because he's an aggro man. You said it, and he drops the whole like, oh, it's it's not you, it's me on her, and I was like, it's it's always the other person. <laughs> It's complete gaslighting. He's like, I've yeah. let you down again. I'm so mad at you. There's blood suckers. Ask them. Of course, that's what you remember about my story. It's like, give her a break. It's like, well, she does have perfect recall, but it's like, you shouldn't expect her to remember about that time you said that story on the beach, like last year. We don't have Jacob helping her track out where the meadow is like we do in the books. You know, we have scenes and scenes in the book of him trying to help her find the meadow. She just goes and does it on her own at this point. Yeah, because she is into not scrutineering. What's that thing? Orienteering. <laughs> scrutineering is what you do at an election. <laughs> yeah. She popped over to scrutineer. She's just the least active person, can't even get dumped in the woods and walk home up a, a straight path. 
but she can like go, she's always in the woods in this movie. And I was like, we, we know there's bear attacks. We've been hearing about the bear attacks since your birthday. Lauren got eaten by a bear. Why are you going out in the woods alone? Why are you going by yourself and you're wearing jeans? Yeah, yeah. She finds the meadow and it's just super gross. It's just super brown and drab. And we're in the greenest part of America. Every every, every scene that we have, there's just all these forests, <laughs> but no, we've got this brown dehydrated meadow. This dry old crop circle. It, and it's just like, oh, this is where you wanted to dry hump your boyfriend. And she didn't bring a blanket or a book. She just walked there and it's like a crispy little field. Oh, it was burned down. Again, that intern who found the clip of a moon was like, find a field. And someone's like, oh, there's one outside my house. And they filmed that. Lo and behold, Laurent is there. Yeah, he just pops up. Dressed like one of the extras from Dracula's in the Gold Coast. Oh, I know. I loved how he had like the fingerless gloves. (laughs) It it was very um, spotlight costume department. Just like opened jazzy blazer. Black skin yet chalky, which it's problematic. Yep. It's Vampires problematic. can just be black, I mm-hmm. assume. You make mm-hmm. up every other rule. But he doesn't sparkle. Oh, my God, I didn't even notice that. He's, it's sunny and he's not even sparkling. In direct sunlight, there's not a tree between oh them. Oh, my God. He does not sparkle. What's so infuriating is that's the whole point of Edward's big threat at, in Volterra is that he's going to sparkle and he's Laurent not sparkling. You're so right. That's his mic drop. I'm going to step out in the sunlight. At around the same time of day, I imagine. Not one fucking glint of glitter. Oh, that's a, that's a, someone dropped the ball there. The intern. <laughs> the poor intern had a lot of jobs on this movie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> like, what is his accent? Is he English? Is he French? It's not great. But my my thing is he's like, oh, he explains about Victoria and she acts all shocked. But like earlier in the at the start of the movie, talking to Edward, she's like, Victoria's still out there. And I was like, well, why are you worried about Victoria before you even know Victoria's a threat? Exactly. We've not we didn't know she was a threat at all. Mm-mm. It kind of helped James a little bit, but we didn't know they were mates. Why do they have to say mates? Can't they just say like partners oh I hate that the mate thing I hate it I know it's like Victoria was James's mate and it's like just say partner de facto (laughs) common law common law wife and what is Laurent like a third yeah but also he's been up screwing Tanya at the Denali's camp oh god I want a whole series about Tanya she's the most interesting one She's the most interesting one. And we get like one chapter, not even on her. Oh, she's great. So Laurent is, you know, going to kill her. And she says, please don't. She's always saying, please don't to vampires. And they're like, what? (laughs) She's also the worst liar ever. Like, he's like, lie, lie better, you dumb bitch. (laughs) And she's just like, 
Oh, Ed, Ed was going to be here any second. Yeah, no one's buying He's that. He's going to be really mad. <laughs> At least mean it. At least mean it. Laurent is fun. He's. I mean, I wish he didn't die. I wish he didn't die too. It's nice just to have him break up the monotony of her, you know? Oh, totally. And then we get the wolves attacking um, Laurent. But before, but before they do that, the russet wolf has to make meaningful eye contact with Bella. Wasn't that just the dumbest thing you've ever seen? Incredibly the dumbest thing ever. And it's like CGI kind of weird eye contact with the wolf, which makes it, and it's like russet sad wolf eyes. And I hated how like Laurent's like, oh shit. And he starts running like super fast. You know how they do the vampire run? And then, oh, a wolf catches up to him and he like yeets the wolf away and the wolf just like falls at Bella's feet. And I was like, so, so you didn't run that far away. You're apparently still right there. Yeah. And she's just hanging out. I would have ran. I would have absolutely legged it, but she is slow on the uptake, mentally Mm. slow, physically slow, even though she hikes there in jeans. I would get the fuck out of there because she doesn't know, despite the friendly eye contact from the russet wolf, that they are on her side. She is just If you saw a bear in the woods or something of a huge size, you'd sprint. Do you think they look like bears? Because I do not. And I don't know where this bear rumour came from. In what world is that a bear? (laughs) It is clearly a wolf. They don't even walk on two legs. I mean, I know (laughs) bears walk on four as well. But it's it's clearly a big dog. Yeah, yeah. And then Bella races home and she's like, Dad, Dad, I saw the wolves. And Harry Clearwater is there because he's just in every scene in this movie. Not once in the first movie, but we need his sad little round face in every scene in this movie. He is in every scene. I was blown away by how much he was in this. He is like a starring role in this movie. 100%. And Charlie's like, let's go hunt them. If you were Charlie, you have to be severely autistic to not pick up on the fact that Harry does not want to go hunt those wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's like, oh, 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 and then he's like. Harry's like, you sure it's not a bear? Everyone misses everything. It's so ham-fisted again. That's what this I, movie should be called. I did love little espionage Harry Clearwater just like, on, like tracking the wolves and then just secretly like hiding a werewolf print, even though Charlie was walking in front of him and should have seen it. And it is like also a cartoon werewolf print as well. It's like yeah. boop, 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 boop with like a little pad of the foot. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did the werewolf just pop one foot down and just like hop somewhere else? Like, <laughs> I know, where are the other three legs? Where, where are the rest? Funny. And Harry's like, we with you on a second. <laughs> <laughs> just tying like, my shoe. <laughs> just tying my shoe in this little mound of a cartoon print. Oh, so funny. And so then we get more scenes with with Jacob and Bella. Jacob's allergic to wearing shirts. He tells her about the gag order. I'm bored by that, right? Bored. And she's leading him on. She's grabbing his fringe. And then he's jumping out the window so she doesn't push him out the window. So that was interesting. And she's also like, you guys are monsters. Oh, I hate that. It's so hypocritical. I'm with him on that. Yeah, well, she wants to become a vampire. like. Sis, have some awareness. No, these guys can eat normal food. They're alive. And you think they're monsters? 
I just hate how they can turn into a, a werewolf whenever they want. It doesn't, it, the, the moon is is not important at all. Even though this book's called New Moon, it has nothing to do with them transitioning at all. Oh, my God. I In all of my new Shire, I forgot about that. That they can just They're not actual werewolves. They're just wolves. They're just shapeshifters. They're shapeshifters. It's so dumb. Oh, yeah, because werewolves are only linked to the moon. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just as vampires don't go out in the day, but I guess they do. It's just very bizarre. And going back a little bit, when they go to Emily's house and he, like, kisses up her scars. I know. That's kinky. Oh, well, you know, he's the one that gave them to us, so he should appreciate them. I mean, everyone looks a bit uncomfortable by it all, and I'm like, yeah, you mangled her face, and now you're, like, kissing up it? It was a lot, a lot for me. It was a a lot. So she has the dream premonition about the wolves because she's a a fortune teller. She's a seer. Um, She just has premonitions in her dreams, I guess. So she goes to Jake's house. This is when Billy answers the door and she just walks around him because he wasn't <laughs> going to let her in. I thought that was ableist. It was very ableist and very rude. Like, get out, Whitey. So rude. You, you don't own the place. He doesn't want to see you. And, like, have some respect to Billy. That's his house. Yeah, and that's his house. And she clearly just perches there for, for a while. Yeah, and she she's watching Jacob sleep. And I think the most unrealistic thing about this whole film is that Jacob sleeps in clothes. Like, he's walking around shirtless yeah. all the time, but he's like, oh, got to have my little sleep shirt on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I did not buy at all. Yeah, so this is when the pack are there, and she, she slaps one of them. I swear that didn't happen in the book, right? Yeah, it absolutely didn't. But she loves having one piece of information and running with it. Oh, yeah. So she goes outside and she's like, why don't you do it again? She assaults someone. That's when Jacob comes out. She's like, Jacob, run, run, Jacob. And then she turns into a wolf and then the russet wolf, I'm only saying that because Steph said it, the russet wolf turns into a wolf, Jacob. Yeah, and so they go and fight and that's when she gives like a little, um, a voicemail, no, a voiceover email to Alice being like, wow, werewolves exist. Isn't it just crazy how how nothing is normal anymore. And I'm like, bitch, you are emailing a vampire and you're complaining (laughs) about this. You are emailing a vampire's spam folder. And she's like, what else is out there? And so we go to Emily's place. She's hideous. She's absolutely horrifying and disgusting and disfigured. that's, (laughs) (laughs) That's how I think we're meant to feel when they're like, don't look at her in the face. (laughs) Seriously. I was expecting like Phantom of the Opera when they were like, don't look at her in the face. And she's got like cute little scars. Like I'm sure she'd prefer to go without them. They're like, don't look at her mangled, disgusting (laughs) monster face. She's disgusting, but he still thinks she's beautiful. (laughs) Okay. He's disgusting, but he's with her out of obligation. I hated how she's just, you know, the housewife. She's just got to make all the all the eggs and the muffins for the guys. And yeah, she's like, save them for your brothers. I hated that because, like, all they did was just grab one muffin on this tray of huge muffins. They weren't grabbing multiple and she's, like, slapping their hands away. And I was like, what? They just had one muffin. So Jacob was just fighting his, his little pack buddy and he's back and he's wearing a shirt somehow. Where did the shirt come from, Caitlin? Where did the, shirt, where did the shorts come from? Yeah, those little jorts. The jorts shred off them, right? Yeah. 
So I'm working under the assumption that when they turn back into humans, they see each other naked all the time. They all know what each other's doodles look like. Yeah, I'm working off that assumption too. Wait, you know how they can read each other's minds or whatever when they're in wolf form? Does that come up in the movie? Yes. So when they're sitting at the table and they're getting chastised for having a muffin that was put out in front of them at breakfast time, um, he's like, we can see each other, each other's thoughts. It's like a wolfie trick. Oh, right, right. I, glo- I glossed over that, to be, to be quite honest Yeah, with it's you. like one minute, the most exciting thing about them. And I hate it. how then Jacob and Bella have this chat about Victoria and she's like, be careful, she's fast, like really fast. And I was like, how would you know? Exactly. It's like, how the fuck would you know, Bella? You saw her for like one minute in, in the baseball game and then that was it. And she wasn't remarkably fast. No. And it annoys me so much in this movie, but way more in the next book and movie, that they don't catch on that maybe the person causing all of the mischief is Victoria. Uh, just completely blindsides them all. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. And it's like, why can no one make the fucking link? Seriously. Yeah, this is when we have the montage of them hunting after the bears slash wolves. And that's when Harry Clearwater's doing his little deception routine. And, and Charlie's just oblivious. Um, and so I did kind of like how they merged all of it sort of together. And Victoria, she does run fast. So let me just set the scene. She's like in a tree above Charlie and then she attacks Harry and a wolf saves Harry and that's when he has the heart attack. So I feel like as a whole that makes a bit more sense than in the book where he just has a heart attack. Yeah, so I don't know why she attacks Harry and not Charlie. Great question because she knows that it's Bella's dad and it's the chief of police. Yeah. It's your arch nemesis, his dad, and you kill the misc friend from the reservation. Like, could she smell that maybe he's related to a wolf? I don't know. It's just odd that she wouldn't just slaughter them all. Or do you not just think it's interesting that the only characters that die in this book are people of colour? Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Black as well. Not a good look, Steph. Not a good bloody look. While all of this is happening, while <laughs> while she knows Victoria's out there, while she knows that um, her dad's hunting the wolves, she's like, you know what? Now would be a good time to jump off a cliff. Like it happens at the same time. Yeah. She's like, now's a good time when everyone's got a lot of pressure, is out looking for my hunter. Because she's made the connection in this book, but we'll have amnesia in the next book. She's made the connection, but we'll still go and jump off a cliff. I was going to say in the middle of a pandemic, but in the middle of very tough times. Very tough times. And um, Victoria's already jumped off of the same cliff. We're just getting a lot of mileage out of this cliff in this movie. Yeah, it's a focal point. I, it was very unclear in the book how, so there was no link. There's no, obviously no montage in the book, but she just jumps off one day. Yeah, it's not all on the same day. No, but in the movie, it's all on the same day. It's all in the same five minutes. It's all the same. It's all on the same clip. But I thought it was so scary in the book. Actually, scary how she sees like a flash of red. Well, why did Victoria? She's she's within within reach. Why wouldn't she just try it? Just kill her. I know in the book they're like, oh, she must have been scared by Jacob and. Sam or whatever. And I was like, well, you know what? She could still, she could still take on two wolves in water. 
Yeah, in water. What can a wolf do in water? Oh, and don't you think it's ridiculous how that one wolf saw Victoria jump off the cliff and then he's like, well, we can't go into water. And I was like, you know what? 20 minutes ago in this movie, I saw you guys jump off the cliff in your human form. So maybe just jump off and then doggy paddle. (laughs) It's so true. And like their bones break and fix within five seconds. Just jump off the cliff. He's like, oh, damn. The one that got away. And then Bella's like, could you actually scourge? I'm just trying to commit suicide. I feel like she was committing suicide. Do you think? Well, I don't know. I'm in two minds. It's a big jump. I was confused by the fact that she took off her jacket and like placed it down on the ground before she jumped in. And I was like, are you expecting to walk back up there and retrieve it? (laughs) What's your game plan here? And it's like, are you suicidal? It was really oddly portrayed. You weren't a Grey's Anatomy guy, were you? No. Well, there's this there's this ferry crash at like the end of season two or three or whatever, because of course there is. And Meredith falls in the water and she mm-hmm. is just like, oh, for the whole episode, she's just treading water. And I feel like it's similar where Meredith was sort of like, yeah, I, I could get out of the water. I could swim and just like get out, but I kind of want to drown. So she just decides to drown. And I feel like that's what Bella was doing. Oh my God, does she drown? Oh, yeah. They rescue her and they give her mouth to mouth. It's like, just take me. Yeah, and she gets, like, hypothermia or something. You know, it's it's Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I think I only watched a few episodes of it. Do you know, I would say if you've got time in the pandemic, give it a binge. Um, so I'm confused now. So Jacob saves her. Oh, no, sorry. Do you want to comment on the, the Smoke Edward having a little moment? I sort of wasn't interested in Smoke Edward, so I've sort of not been bringing him up. Um, I've watched it so many times. It kind of lost its effect and wouldn't you do something that would prolong the image and not just jump off once do you know what I mean although (sighs) she did get the bang for her buck in the water she she did get her bang for buck but like if you really want to see your smoke boyfriend maybe just keep going on a motorbike that like that seems to work yeah just go on the motorbike that you paid for already (laughs) yeah you don't need to be jumping off a cliff um with ghost edward what I didn't get with the filming of this was when, when we think she's drowning and Ghost Edward appears, the music is just so upbeat. And I was like, she, she's, she's drowning. We're meant to believe that she's drowning at the moment, that she's dying. And the music's like, da, 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 her boyfriend's back. My boyfriend's back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an odd piece of music. I feel like the intern was like, I love this song. <laughs> this poor intern. Jacob saves her. He also already knows that Harry's dead. And I was like, weren't you just running after Victoria? How do you already know Harry's dead? But maybe it's the mind control or whatever, mind reading. Mind <laughs> control. Um, and Bella's, Bella doesn't seem to care that Harry's dead at all because next minute she's snuggling with Jacob in the truck. Not one even throwaway comment being like, oh, my God, he had a heart attack like while helping me. Yeah, like, she I've doesn't twig. Every day this movie. <laughs> like you're not even sad about it. Totally. Oh, God, this this movie, it's finally starting to pick up. We've been talking for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so she snubs Jacob in the truck, even though she was leading him on and calling him special. She's just playing hot and cold, and that's when Jacob smells a vampire. And, uh, it, and, and she recognises that black car in the middle of the pitch black darkness, and she's like, oh, that's Carlisle's car. Even though it's mm-hmm. miles away, she recognises it. Was the car here? So she, she drove the car from... California? Are they in California? Or is that just what they said? I don't know if that's just what they said. 
like, have they been at the house the whole time? Well, no, I think in the book she goes to the house, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she goes there. She peeps in through the windows. <laughs> and there's no one there unless they're yeah. just hiding. Do you think they just hid from her? They're like, oh, Bella's coming, quick hide. <laughs> Alice is at the house and she's like, oh, my God, Bella. She says, what does she say? She's like, do you want to explain to me how you're alive? <laughs> I know, again, it's like, hi, um, you completely never messaged me after your brother dumped me. Just like letting herself into the house. And Bella acts like nothing has ever happened. I would be so mad at this, Alice. But Bella's like, oh, hey, Alice. I'd be like, what the fuck? You completely abandoned me. Do you know how upset I've been? I haven't been able to eat or sleep for October through January. Yeah, so Alice says, like, oh, Edward only calls once every few months. And I was like, it's it's only been, like, four or five months. So does that mean Edward's only called them, like, once? I know. So how would she know there's a pattern? (laughs) Edward only calls once every few months. I was like, what? Let's be honest. Edward is just, like, living out all his fantasies around the world, isn't he? He's doing carnival at Copacabana Beach or whatever. (laughs) He's having a wild time. He's doing coke off a surfboard in Copacabana, just sparkling up a storm. And he has the best Airbnb in Rio. Like, we've both been to Rio. Oh. Did your accommodation look out on the Christ the Redeemer statue like that? No. Well, look, I didn't no. book my accommodation, but the aircon bloody work barely worked. And this guy is looking out at Cristo and he's just sullen. They are so sullen. And I totally think they enlarged the Christ the Redeemer statue. I was like, it's not that big and well lit. But like, also like logically, if he was there, like in the book, we find out that he was trying to track Victoria to Rio. Then I'm like, then why are you setting up shop? She's not there. (laughs) Leave. He's like, I'm still looking, but he's actually just doing coke off a surfboard. She's, she's been in forks for months. These, these bear attacks have been happening since the birthday. They've changed chasing her up and, oh, my God, since the birthday. So Edward was still there when Victoria was there. How did he follow her up to, and who spread the rumour about the bear attacks? No, the bears are the wolves. Well, yeah, (laughs) but people didn't start, when they're dying, they're they're Victoria. So so what you're saying is on her birthday, The, wolf, the the bear sightings were the wolves. Yes. But I also don't like how the werewolves, they're like, oh, we're only this way because vampires are around. And Bella's like, but the Cullens aren't here. And it's like, well, clearly they've been around for a bit longer. Yeah. And Victoria's, the, oh, I don't, I, I can't. We can't, we can't make sense of it. Yeah. Like, do you need a certain amount of vampirage, like, to, it, why are we trying to reason with something that was made up on the back of a, freaking coaster like it doesn't true there's no rhyme or reason true when did sam become a werewolf like they've been there for a while well her scars have healed so it's been a while yeah yeah those juicy scars have like <laughs> faded so the, t- the timeline wise it's very confusing one thing i did like about the movie in particular was how edward gets the news about bella being dead or whatever and he he crushes the phone which makes more sense than in the book where he just dumped it in a trash can. Yeah, it's better to crush it. Um, oh. I'm not totally clear on the timeline, to be honest. Like, 
who calls who to say something? Alice tells Rosalie. Yeah. So what in my head, Alice gets the vision while Rosalie's with her. I, I, I think she must get it like a few days ago. She must have had a heads up on this one, even though that's not how her visions work. But she's suddenly in forks from using a vehicle. I know she's always like, vampires drive really fast. And I was like, well, you know what? Like, cars still have limitations. There's still road yeah, rules. They it's meant to be in California. So, and then I think, so Alice must have mentioned it to Rosalie. Edward must have just randomly called up. California, notoriously like, sunny. And yeah, Edward must have called up and Rose must have been like, oh, by the way, Bella's dead. <laughs> yeah, how does that come up? How you been, Edward? Bella's dead. I want to know how that convo went. Um, and yeah, and Jacob answers the phone. He says, he says, Charlie's arranging a funeral, which made more sense in the book because it was a few days later. I'm like, Harry just died. Like, are we, are we really thinking that Charlie's up there sorting out what hymns to read out when like Harry's, Harry's still in hospital, I believe. But in the movie, he seems to know that it's Edward, but he doesn't in the book. The plot's very thin. <laughs> very thinly scraped. And it's all to get us to Italy. So they have this phone conversation like they do in the book. And then all of a sudden Alice is like, oh, yep, he's, he's got a plan. So she's, she's walking out. She's clutching her passport in, the finger, in her fingers, like in front of her chest, just walking to the car. And I was like, put it in your handbag. It's an important document. Yeah. She's not very worldly, though, is she? Would it kill her to wear a pop of colour? Uh, I know. And we're all, we're all of a sudden on a plane to Italy with like very little explanation of why. Like if you hadn't read the books, you'd be like, where were? And also in the first movie, she couldn't even get on a plane in the same country without telling Charlie. But now Charlie is just like, she couldn't even message him to be like, oh, I know you're planning a funeral. You can see he's maybe dead. Um, just, I'm just going to be going away for a time. She's so selfish. Well, she doesn't even tell him that she's leaving the country. Like, he's going to one day just, like, stumble upon her passport and be like, what's this stamp from Italy? Like, how did that get there? Yeah, when did you go to Italia? <laughs> I did enjoy, though, like, even though it's going really fast, I love that we didn't have scenes on the plane. Because, you know, in the book we got, like, a scene on a plane going there. We had a scene on the planes coming home and we just we skip it, which I think was a yeah, great we- idea. We had this scene of the man, like, listening in and them having to whisper. Ugh, kill me. Which was just like, and then, like, Alice trying to figure out what he's doing. And then all of a sudden she's in that yellow Ferrari or the Lamborghini, whatever it is. We're there. And Edward's already there as well. Edward's already having the first meet-cute with the Volterra, but have they met before or do they just know of them? That's a great question, and I don't know. And and did you notice Edward's shirt is also ripped when Alice has the yeah. vision of it? And I'm like, how did that happen? How it makes no sense. And then like your gifts are too good to waste. If you're running a tight ship, you keep a tab on all the vampires who are living with humans. Exactly, especially because he's like, oh, I love collecting people with talents. And I'm like, then why why have you got Edward existing and Alice existing? Yeah, exactly. With your kind of frenemy carlisle i guess they just don't like leaving their own little town who oh volterra the volturi Volter- yeah they got a good they got a little good little setup i got questions about that <laughs> so, do you want to ask them yeah how do hordes of international tourists go missing <sighs> i assume every week in volterra preach like 
that just makes no sense whatsoever. And there's like, yeah, 40 tourists for like, what, seven Volturi? <laughs> like, what a feast. It is a real gluttonous feast. And Bella, in this scene where they're racing in the car to go to the middle of the town square, she's so annoying because she's like, got her hand on the dashboard being like, Alice, you're driving too fast. And then she's like, hurry up, Alice. While she's still got her hand out, like bracing herself. And I was like, pick a lane. You can't have it both ways. Pick a lane. Shut your eyes. A lot better in the movie though, that chase, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Without the bribing the guy at the gate. (laughs) What a loss. So we have the people in the red cloaks with their little tiny little red flags. Who was handing out those flags? How does everyone have a little red flag? What does the red flag signify? I don't know. What a day. I have a feeling it might be a real vampire festival and she just picked that as the location because of it. You know, she's a Google author. Bella's running through Volterra. She runs through the fountain. (laughs) And then when she's on the other side of the fountain, luckily there's just no crowd there. There's just not, not a single person between her at the end of the fountain and Edward. Like, I, I, I just no. don't know how the crowd just missed it. The crowd completely disperses. Like, you'd be hanging around the fountain. That would probably, they're generally in the centre. It's the centre, yeah. Oh, but God damn it, he looks so hot. Okay, sure. Can we agree I think, on- I think, I think Jacob's hotter. Nah, nah, he's a weird nah. child. Nah, nah. He is so hot. Like, it's breathtaking to me. I actually thought that this bit was really quick. I thought they would have dragged this out slower and built the tension, but she sort of just like runs into him and was like, oh, it's over. Yeah, I wanted it to be like more like orchestral music of him being like, oh, of course you'd be here, you know? Oh, I'm glad they cut out that whole I'm dead shtick. Oh, I loved that. You know I hate an I'm dead shtick. Now, I know I've slagged this movie up, a lot but that's just my personality I just think like this bit was just so good he barely registers shock that she's there he's like oh hi Bella like why doesn't he weep that she's there great question great question and then they're making out in some weird hallway how'd they get into this little interior place where where, where were they I don't know and she would have stank breath too but like she would just like the pits oh I know because the day before, she, oh, my God, she doesn't even shower. Since she got out of the lake or the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> she gets out of the ocean into the truck and then immediately into the car. Onto into the a fountain. Long into the fountain. She would have the swampiest vagina <laughs> in the entire world. And she just ran through that fountain, so she would have, like, wet shoes and wet socks. Oh, I'd, I'd oh. hate that. She's wearing like her typical weird boot cut skinny jeans. I love how the Volturi come and they put him in like a jazzy little bathrobe with like a plunging V-neck. <laughs> it's like, okay, oh, great. So hot. Um, and, and that little nosy child who's watching the whole time. Oh, I know. I was like, mind your own business, nosy child. Kill her. Kill the precocious child. And then there's Dakota Fanning, as you said, with the, with the red eyes. And we get a lot less sewer walking. They don't just go like walking through the, the sewers of Volterra, which I think was a nice change. They're just in a rando elevator and then they're suddenly in that reception area. <laughs> I know. They're suddenly there already. There's also like a fight scene. Oh, I not... loved. 
in the I book. loved that fight scene. It made everything so much better. Yeah, that's true. It kind of needed it, didn't it? Because in the book they get there and it's just much ado about nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's just talking and hand-holding. Yeah, but here it's like there's actual stakes and I think Edward's meant to almost die when his head gets like almost ripped off. Well, yeah, they so Felix smashes smashes him into like the marble floor, cracking the floor and cracking his face. But his face yeah. heals, but the marble floor doesn't. And I was like, what a big job. Like there was a lot of what? damage. And I assume that's like old Italian marble. I assume so too. And that's when Bella's like, don't kill me instead. And I was like, oh, oh then Edward's uh, just going to go uh, and kill himself. Like, do you not know why he was suicidal just then? Because he thought you, oh, fuck it. Who cares? He thought you died, even though like you bring nothing to the party. So, but before the fight, when they walk in, we, yeah, we see Jane and her brother. They're fucking right. I think so. I think like, so. There was the a lot of tension. Each other, it's like, hi, sister. And, and I'm like, oh, gross. They're 69 for sure. Totally. And Arrow, he's doing a lot of eye dart acting. It's a lot of like looking over here, looking over there. And oh, I, I'm loving his hairography and his eye <sighs> acting. He's a great actor. Yeah, how did they nab him for this movie? He was a real boon for the franchise. Maybe his children like Twilight or something. Oh, there'd have to be a reason. Like but a daughter I, I, or a gay, gay son. A gay son, yeah. <laughs> and he just like swoops in for the, for the hand-holding. He doesn't even ask for permission. I was like, okay, authoritative, love that. And this yeah. is when he, he realises that he can't read Bella and he just creams himself over it. I and- loved that. It was finally some, like, different acting and a bit of light and shade. Oh, yeah. He was like, you know what? I've got five minutes in this movie. I'm going to ham it up. I'm going to earn my wages. And even Dakota Fanning, she was just like, I'm going to be camp because they're like, oh, Jane, how about you try your powers? And so she just, like, looks at Bella and Edward and she says, pain. And I was like, do you have to announce (laughs) your power when you're doing it? I know. That was just so lame how it's like. It's probably not a good power if you have to, like, tip off everyone. Right? I was like, oh, is that just a cue for the audience? Pain. I think it would have been better if she just stared at her. Like, in the book, she doesn't say pain. Like, we can figure it out. When, when he starts writhing around, we can assume that you're hurting him. <laughs> so stupid. The easiest money she's ever made in her life, really. Dakota. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. And Arrow thinks it's so funny. Arrow is just like a really fun gay uncle. Such a fun gay uncle. And so, yeah, when Bella tries to like stop them from killing Edward, he's like, ah, you would give up your life for this soulless vampire. And Bella's like, well, you know, soul theory is evolving. So it's, it's not really determined whether he has a soul or not. And I'm like, can you shut the fuck up about souls? I know. I'm like, it's, it's a construct. It's a human construct. And she's acting like she knows everything and Arrow's like a squillion years old. So it's like maybe maybe he would know. Maybe he would have some idea, but she's like mansplaining to Arrow. <laughs> and that's when Alice finally steps in and she's like, here, hold my hand. Why not? Oh, she's and- just been sitting that little nugget. She's like, I've seen it. It's like, well, why didn't you fucking say that when we were talking about it pre-fight scene? <laughs> But, but why 
is the most exciting thing that they could think of to show her being a vampire, just her and Edward running through a forest wearing, like, cult clothes, like that brown drab clothing. I know. Very, like, polygamous kind of cult. It was big love. It was big love. I was like, can we say that? Um, Well, now we said it. It was FLDS cult status. And I'm like, these people rule the whole vampire world. Why do they care? There's vampires, fucking humans everywhere, I imagine. Why do you care so much? I know. And so, yeah, they they make the whole decision to turn Bella eventually and check in on her talents, blah, blah, blah. And so they leave and that's when we see Heidi the tramp. Um, And I don't think she was dressed as much of a tramp as she was in the books, you know, to lure in the nun. No, I was (laughs) You've got to be really slutty to lure in that nun. Um, have you heard of what was that cult that um, Rose McGowan was in? Oh, I don't know. But they had this thing called flirty fishing where they'd send out like skanky kind of teenagers. How did they flirty fish a nun to be murdered? I really don't know. Although if it was a free walking to us, my mum would have absolutely taken the whole family on it. Oh, 100%. And then, like, the walking tour would just grow because other people are like, oh, a walking tour, and they just, like, slip into it. I know. And mum's like, you just tip what you want, and we scrunch up five euros for the whole fam. (laughs) Then all of a sudden we're back in Forks. We don't have the painful flight home with her trying to stay awake and having a Coke. So it's that night in bed and Edward's telling her about how much he loves her and she's just still lying down and I was like, can you sit up? She's just laying there for the whole scene. But you're lucky we didn't get the whole death, sleeping, waking up. I didn't even want to relive that again. So after listening to you recap the episode, I was like, oh, I really hope it's in the movie. And I was quite disappointed that it wasn't. I was very relieved. And then Charlie's like, oh, Bella, don't do that to me ever again. And I was like, she's, she's already done it twice. This is the second strike, like, in, in oh, a year. Yeah. Are there going to be consequences? Of course there's not. And, okay, then we have the vote. They're all scattered around the Cullen's house. They're not sitting around a dining table, which I thought was a nice stylistic choice. Yeah. Because, you know, why, why would they have a table? Jasper seems to be okay around her. Oh, he's fine in close proximity after the incident. <laughs> Never mention it again. <laughs> he's not even like, I hope your arm's okay. I saw it like there was a huge gash. And also oh, yeah. Edward never apologises for that either. No, and I wonder if they had to buy a new piano. He Emily's her and doesn't, <laughs> he completely Emily's her arm and he's never like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. How's your arm? Just dumps yeah. her. He's like, oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> It is what it is with your bloody tasty flirty fishing blood. Oh, and so what I did like was when they were like, all right, we voted, and she's not like, all right, turn me now, Alice. She's just like, okay, I'll wait until after graduation, and I want Edward to do it. Like, these are her ideas, and whereas in the book she gets gaslighted into thinking like that. So that was hmm. that was a good. She's not as manipulated in the movie. Yeah, we'll pretend that. But, like, yeah, she's, she's not just going to be like, okay, now that I'm home, Alice... Um, can I have your new email address? <laughs> oh, no. Alice, is there a way we can te- keep in touch? Because we're apparently best friends. Apparently. And then they're driving home and her real best friend jumps out like it's a horror movie in the middle of the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what movie are we watching? It was like Friday the 13th. I don't know. He's always just rocking up places. 
It's very coercive control. He's always where she is. So Jacob's like, oh, remember the the treaty where you can't bite people, even though he doesn't realise what he's saying, like the distinction between bite and turn and and death and all that. So it's just like, Jacob, read a book. But what I hated was when he mentions the treaty and Bella's like, but what if it's my choice? And I was like, bitch, it's a treaty. Your choice doesn't matter. Your choice does not matter. You are not a party to the treaty. Is this treaty legally binding? Well, there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration for a contract. There's got to be offer and acceptance. What is being offered and what is being accepted here? Well, the wolves won't attack the Cullens if the Cullens stay off their land, I guess. Although it's a shit treaty. Wouldn't you extend your land down to Forks as well just to keep the vampires away? It's, it's a silly treaty. I think you would, but, like, there's... There's nothing, there's no way to like renege on the contract or like anything built into it. It's just like completely based on goodwill. Yeah, nothing was notarized. Nothing. It's not in writing and it's just a really vague one. And it's like you made it ages ago, but like who told you about it? Did they write it down at the time? Yeah, and like one party is still alive, but the other party died hundred years ago, but it's still legally binding. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Oh my God. That's a really good point. The parties to the contract are dead. Yeah. <laughs> we get that chat. So there's so, there's so much angst between Bella and Jacob and she's biting her lip while rejecting him, which I just think is a bitch move. And then Edward's shoving Jacob and Jacob turns into a wolf. I don't have any thoughts about that. Do you? None at all. None but at she's all. getting shoved around a lot. So I, I guess I do have a thought. <laughs> True. Yeah, she, she really is. And Bella's like, you know what? Just turn me. I can help you guys. And I was like, Edward has six family members who can take on Victoria. You need to chill. It's like you're already a liability. Just lay low and be like, I'll do what you guys say. And then he just proposes. No kneeling. And she just gasps. And that's the end. I hated yeah. that ending. Did you, did you like it? I was so unromantic. Yeah. It was so rushed. And she does the little Eliza Hamilton ending with the. (gasps) (gasps) But she just does a little quick one. And it's like, that's also out of character for her. Yeah. And I was annoyed because I was like, oh, we're we're not going to have any repercussions about the motorbike. No. And I feel like she forgave him for abandoning her just way too quickly. Way too quickly. He was just like, oh, I I did it because I love you. She's like, yeah. She's like, sounds right to me. She's like, okay, I'll just forget how I went through hell and my whole family went through hell. And that she was having visions of him. She doesn't bring that up to him in the movie, does she? No. We just drop that completely. No, and, like, she never checks in with Charlie, like, how are you? Your best friend just died. She's a bitch. But I, overall, <laughs> I think the movie's much better because, yeah, Edward's less manipulative. It's quicker, but it's Mm. just, there's no plot. There's really no plot at all. It's just like trying to build the foundation of her and Jacob's friendship, which is based on a hobby. Like it's two friends who just happen to get into gardening together. Well, she doesn't even do any of the bike maintenance. She just fetches the pizza and throws a wrench. He's a mankit. What's a mankit? A man blanket (laughs) who just... You keep around because you've got low self-esteem. Yeah. Well, there's worse things to have. 
That's true. Am I your manke? <laughs> um, no, because you don't improve my self-esteem. Yeah, well, that's true. So do you have any <laughs> um, final thoughts about the movie New Moon? I just made note of the fact that when she gets on the back of the bike with that man and there's some people of colour in the group, Jessica's like, why are you getting over on Homeboy's bike? Like, if you want to oh, go yeah. hang out with Homeboy, I was like, that's a dog whistle. It's very classless and strange. She's so devastated about the breakup, but doesn't shed one tear. Oh, my God. She doesn't shed a tear. In the whole film. Is that because she's a bad actress? Oh, my, I think she's a bad actress. They must have asked her to shed a tear. Oh Not gosh. one tear out of her dry little beady little lies. Yeah, she, that's bad. Um, but those are my thoughts. That's amazing. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me, Caitlin, to break down the New Moon adaptation. Cannot wait to do the next movie. Well, it might be a while (laughs) because (laughs) um, there'll be announcements coming shortly about season five, I think we're up to, or four, season four. Oh, my God, what are we going to be doing? You'll find out. Is it Fifty Shades Darker? That's on the Patreon feed, which everyone should subscribe to if they're interested. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm a subscriber. And I just think it is so funny and it splits up my week. So at the start of the week, I have Nathan. At the end of the week, I have Nathan. Oh, well, I've just done the first chapter of Fifty Shades Darker and oh, it's just such a new moon ripoff. Like she even does the whole Anna is even like, I don't like listening to music when she's broken up with Christian for like five days. And I was like, you stole that from New Moon. Yeah, and also like she doesn't eat. She, and oh my god, Caitlin, she has so much. She has, she has a cup of yogurt in five days. In five days, I, you can listen to the episode. It's coming out. Well, it's already out by the time this one's out. So have I a listen. And yeah, I'm I'll gonna s- miss three days though. Oh, 365 days! That what a horrible like a book. Dream. A total fever dream. It was fanfic of fanfic of fanfic. It was so trash. Blanca. Oh, it's so good. But anyways, I need to let you go. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. All right. Bye. Bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations, and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. 